every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the house. Your weekend wake-up tradition. Come on around back, Arizona, Saturday morning, 8 o'clock, the outdoor living hour here at Rosie on the House, your Saturday morning tradition here in Arizona since 1988, first Saturday of the month. We have the Farm Bureau in, talking Arizona agriculture and commodities, second Saturday of the month in this 8 o'clock hour, we have an arborist in, third Saturday, we have Jay Harper in, all things landscape and garden, fourth Saturday, we have Farmer Greg talking urban farming, but Every now and then we have this fifth Saturday that we've got to figure out what to do with the eight o'clock hour. And we bring in a different wide variety of specialists and we have a special broadcast today because we are broadcasting live at the brand new showroom. When I say brand new, this is the first day it's open to the public. A lot of times when you hear grand opening event, it's been open for a couple months so they can all work the bugs out and Get, make sure everything's operating right. But no, this grand opening event, first day, this Rosie Wright design, build, remodel, has a brand new design studio. A lot of people think of a showroom, but it, it's being desi- built, branded as a design studio uh, right on Scottsdale Road. If you're heading, well, it, it, 69th Street is the road you would turn down south on to to get into the parking lot come on by we have uh coffee jason's deli brought over uh quite a variety of yes, they uh, did. fudges and cookies and coffee cake which was awesome uh fruit. We, we've got breakfast we've got lunch we've got <laughs> you covered so as you say rosie wright design bill remodel now how's a house <laughs> that's right we, you can come visit rosie's house at 6949 East Shea Boulevard, it is the Rosie Wright Design Build Design Studio. And Grand so- opening today. Everyone's invited. We were tickled to death. We invited a lot of prior customers that we've done remodeling for. Uh, we've got Bruce Stumbo here from Rosie Wright Design Build. I, I was surprised how many RSVPs we got. Everybody. We do. Yeah, um, we're going to get to see quite a few people, some of them who we haven't seen in several years. So yeah. we're, we're looking forward to it. That'll be great. It's open to the public. So what we're doing is we're inviting you all to come by and see Rosie's house. <laughs> been, been in remodeling for 48 years, and this is the first design selection center studio we've ever put together. So we're pretty excited about it. And we'd love to show it off to y'all today. And so that brings us to the topic of the Outdoor Living Hour. One of the things that y'all have done in numerous uh, different occasions, jobs, customers, is outdoor kitchens, outdoor fireplaces. So we're going into the landscape still, but we're going to be talking physically building out hardscapes and uh, casitas, man caves, uh, outdoor patios, you know, all all things construction related to your landscape because it's a beautiful state. If you just got here within the last week or two, don't worry. It's not always <laughs> like this. You're going to get a good eight to eight to nine months of, of great outdoor living that you'll be able to enjoy. And uh, a, a great part of that is just bringing your indoors outdoors. Yeah. 
yeah, there's all, um, <clears throat> like you said, if, you, if you've only been here a couple of weeks, it's felt a little brutal, but it doesn't stay like this forever. So, um, and, um, you know, most of the year we're an excellent outdoor living state. So far more than most places in the country. And one of the things I want to talk about is what we can do to your backyard environment, even in this scorching weather, mm-hmm. to make it pleasurable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did this past week. Think of one more thing I needed in my outdoor kitchen. Oh, yeah. When the monsoon blows two inches of dust in but doesn't follow up with the rain, <laughs> I need my air compressor hose from the garage <laughs> run all the way out to the barbecue so I can blow, blow, everything the, off. blow the thing off. That's a good idea. Before I fire it up. It, we'll start building uh, compressors into yes, outdoor kitchens. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's going to be part of the part of the part of the uh, programming at this point right now, but there is a lot you can do. Uh, but before we start talking about all the things you can do to enhance your experience on your back patio, uh, Bruce, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, all the things that could be underground, mm-hmm. in the way, and invisible barrier lines? Yeah. Uh, they need to be taken into consideration as a part of the full design process. They do, and for whatever reason, you know, outdoor spaces, a lot of people just don't think about it as much, you know, when they when they think addition, I'm adding on to my house. They kind of know, hey, we're, we need to research setbacks, and there could be gas lines or, well, that applies with, you know, anything going vertical, basically. So, um, one, you've, everyone's heard it, but you always have to find out what's underground, get blue steak out there. And this is all stuff that we at Rosie Wright do for our customers. So, um, you know, we don't have them go out on their own and no. try to navigate it. So, and you need their setbacks to be investigated. Well, and, and that blue steak is probably one of the few things that isn't going to cost you anything. That. Yeah, that for, for, the, for the homeowner, they can, they can give a shout um and it's you know it's required even even for homeowners they you're supposed to do that so um but you have to research you know you got to get shade above these spaces so once you're going vertical you you got to make sure that you can put that you have the space and that you're putting it in the proper area so you don't get yourself in trouble and i I keep hanging on to the blue stick but when they come out with their marking for water power and they'll have different colors of mm-hmm. spray paint that they put on the ground so you can see yep. where not to dig. Yep. And each one should be at a different level. And the power line is, if it was done right, should be below the water line. And that's used as like a cautionary tale if it's not marked properly or somebody doesn't blue stake. If you hit a water line, that should be a red flag that there's power not far below. Stop digging. Well, the best story I have on blue stake is the house I live in. When we wanted to put the backyard garden in, I called my backhoe operator, Phil. He brought the backhoe in, and we were going to excavate it down a good 18, 24 inches, stir it up, get some mulch in there. And, I mean, he didn't get to about his second bucket when there was a pretty good size explosion. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, come to find out, and I had blue staked, and there was no indication there was anything in this area. You know where the garden is. I do, in the backyard. yeah. Yep. And uh, so it's next to a utility easement, but we're 15 feet inside that easement. 
and Phil with tobacco basically knocked out every phone north of Thunderbird Road along Hayden and Pima for about three miles. <laughs> and it took them days to fix it. And when they were done, I was out there visiting with them, and they, had, they, you know, they took the time to move it into the easement where it was supposed to be. They said, you know what? When you blue-staked, you saved yourself about $160,000 because that's what it cost us wow. to fix this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and if it hadn't been blue-staked, yeah, they would have charged you. You would have been liable for all of that. Oh, man. Yeah, it's not foolproof, unfortunately, but it is – Pretty uh, close. It's pretty pretty and darn close. I think that's and that the was, only time I've ever found something. And that I, was 30 I, years ago. I mean, the equipment yeah, that they're was. using then isn't the same they're using yeah. now either. That, mm-hmm. that was right not long after we moved in the house. It was a good long while ago. But but I, I, I saw that backhoe kind of jump. I thought, what? Is, that ground's harder than I thought. <laughs> and he, yeah. ju- he jumped off that backhoe and started pointing in the hole. I thought, oh, this can't be good. <laughs> so get it, Blue State. It's uh, a free yes. service for the homeowner. It might take him a little longer to get out there than you want, but uh, I don't know. What is it usually? A couple it, days? They're pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, they're they pretty, they really do. The, they want it to be efficient, convenient. So. So that's gonna they do. don't want to be out there doing those repairs. That's right. No. <laughs> they're, they're going to get out there and indicate anything you need to be aware of underground, out of sight. Mm-hmm. Now, there's other things out of sight that you need to be aware of called setback lines. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what I was going to say. You, you can't you see talked those about either. the easement. Mm-hmm. You know, what the utility easement, every property should probably most, most have one. I mean, a, lot, not, of, a, a lot, lot of them, if you're block wall backs up to your neighbor there's no kind of easement back there yeah not typically but yeah the 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 setbacks are the invisible lines um and that is something that you could potentially require a survey for um sometimes if a property's nice and well established and really solid lines you might not have to do a full-on survey but um, you know the research needs to be done on the zoning for your property because different zoning has different setbacks um, and it's funny how two different surveyors can come up with two different lines on where the, well, the property there are a lot, You know, with the GPS technology now, yeah, boy, it's, it, it's really tightened that up um, as long as the equipment's calibrated properly. So. Well, even that client we have over in Scottsdale, over 64th and Cactus uh, area, when we, when we surveyed that property, mm-hmm. uh, that house has been there since the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, it was seven feet it, into an easement. Well, that and then the, <laughs> uh, that is that you know that's another client at sixty fourth and Cactus. But the other client, every house on the north side of that street is one foot off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and when he put when he put the stakes on that on that street right there, we had a foot of that neighbor's yard, and the neighbor over here had a foot of our yard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, those are all the things you have to get straightened out. Yep. Because. Uh, now, the, the problem with that one is what's the city going to require me to do on that house for an addition? Can I go with the setbacks that are obviously in place due to prior construction of other things? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to make the neighbor pick his driveway up and move it around. No, not if you, you want to have a good relationship with oh, your neighbor. Oh, man. So there's a lot of things on uh, preparing for your backyard patio that you need to be aware of setbacks 
make sure your blue stake get clear of everything that's underground. Uh, and when I come back, before we start talking about uh, uh, the funds enhancements to a patio, Bruce, Romy, I want to talk about favorite. Once you got that barbecue done back there, once you've got that environment. Oh, there, we're skipping to the end here. What, what's <laughs> what's the what's the number one favorite family recipe you're going to cook up? We'll talk about favorite recipes and right after this. Rosie on the House, broadcasting for the first time in over 20 years from my house, Rosie's house, 6949 East Shea Boulevard. It's going to be hard to miss. We've got some TP signs out there with some helium balloons. Look for the Rosie Wright Design Bill Studio signage and come on in. The door's wide open. It's open to the public. We'd love to show you what we've put together here to make the kitchen and bath and general remodeling world easier and more convenient for all of you. We'd love to see y'all here. Come and introduce yourselves. I promise we talked about favorite barbecue recipes in this particular segment, and I've got several that I would mention. But Romy, when when you and the kids, and you're you're kind of a purist on the on the charcoal and the mesquite wood and and all of that. What when y'all when y'all talk family barbecue? What's the what's the go to? Usually, uh, if it's not some kind of steak, it's uh, what, what you call. I'm sure there's a better name for it, but it's a beer butt chicken, and it's a rack. You stick a beer can in, and then you put the chicken over the beer can. And as it's grilling, the heat boils the beer and whatever you or whatever you put in it, and it uh, kind of splashes all over the meat and helps keep it moist. At least that's what I think it does. It's always very, very moist, and the chicken comes out. You usually coat the chicken. With Tony's and something I picked up from Boudreaux Avery's, whether it's a chicken that you're going to grill or a turkey you're going to deep fry, any kind of bird, just before you sprinkle your seasoning on it, coat it with just that plain uh, yellow mustard, French's mustard. Okay. Just squirt it on there, you know, get it all around, and it helps... It, it does something nice to the skin, and then it actually helps the seasoning stick better as well. So it's and, a whole chicken, washed clean skin with skin, uh-huh. rubbed down in French's yellow mustard, and then dusted Tony, with Tony's sachets, Cajun seasoning, put on a beer butt rack. Is there a, is there a particular beer that you use? Uh, yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, and uh, so the beer steams the bird from the inside, keeps it extremely moist, the seasoning on the outside. And I've heard of people doing lots of other things, you know, in addition to the beer itself. They put, you know, apple juice in there or cider, you know, you can play with any kind of liquid. But I haven't found that the liquid, to me, taste changes the taste. It just keeps it coated in moisture. All right. And, Bruce, when you fire up the grill, what are Charlotte and Chloe what it what has got their mouth watering well most of the time it's not real barbecue it's just hamburgers and stuff like that but grill um yeah something on the my grill. 
Yeah, more than I've ever done a barbecue myself. Yeah, (laughs) more in line with that is actually something that a great uncle of mine taught me when I was a a young Marine, and they lived not too far away, like an hour away from where I was stationed. And uh, Katie and I would go down, and he taught me how to make ribs. And the whole process um, from, you know, how you prep them, the slow cook in the oven, and then you get, if you have a smoker, you're set. But if, like a lot of people, you just have like a Weber, um, I get that going with charcoal, and I'll drop little bits of mesquite or something like on that here and there and just try to get it as low and smoky as possible and just set it out there for a while and let it finish. And then uh, that side of my family is from Missouri. So a <sighs> Kansas City-style barbecue sauce goes on it, nice and smoky and sweet. And that's uh, probably one of my favorite things. On the mesquite chips, are they water-soaked or you just put them in dry on top of the charcoal bed? If, if, if it's the little ones, you got to soak them or they go away in a you know, flash. Right. But, um, I like to buy the big chunks. Um, okay. And those yeah, a lot of times. smoking chips yeah, in the I'll, bag. I'll get them going for a little, you know, get them you know, on fire and then blow them out real quick and they'll just kind of smolder for a while. Now, are you seasoning those ribs before the slow yeah. cook in the oven? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. With a dry rub? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I coat them with a, with a, usually I actually will make my own mix, but. Okay. Um, with it's all the typical stuff, you know, some brown sugar and paprika and you know salt and pepper and just twenty seven other spices that I pull out of the cabinet. Slow cook that whole rack, pull them out and finish them on the barbecue, mm-hmm. and then KC barbecue sauce over the top. Yep, and stand back. Yep, uh, they, <laughs> get out of they, the way. They disappear pretty quick. All right, well, there's a couple favorites: beer butt uh, chicken and and barbecued ribs. And I'll tell you. Uh, one of the things we like at the, at our house is I've got a very inexpensive, easy-to-use water smoker. And Romy was talking about using different kinds of liquids. And we'll put apple juice mm. in the water container and smoke a chicken that, again, I've never rubbed it with mustard before, but I'll, I'll rub the inside and the outside with a nice layer of, of Tony's, uh, some garlic powder, and then I'll, I'll smoke it for three or four hours over that applesauce mm. in pecan wood and i tell you what eat it when my mother-in-law knows that's going she's over at the house within that's one of her favorite absolute favorite dishes so we cook it for mimi every once in a while we'll be back in a few minutes it's right here rosie on the house to return because i won't stay inside no more no more i cannot wait to go throwing out a great big saturday morning invitation to you all this morning we're broadcasting from a brand new location it just opened about one hour ago (laughs) and it's it's rosie's house uh it's my house it is the Rosie Wright Design Build Design Studio. You're all invited. We'll be broadcasting right up through the end of the show at 11 o'clock today. We'll be here serving lunch and refreshments through the lunch hour and be here as long as y'all would like to come by. We've got guests here now who have arrived and kind of checking it out. We've got breakfast. We've got lunch. We've got cold refreshments. We'd love to have an opportunity to show you 
my house. Yeah. I haven't uh, had a house to show them in about 25 <laughs> years. This is great. I don't think we've thrown out the address. So for anyone who's wanting to come down, it's uh, 6949 East Shea Boulevard, Unit 120. You'll see some balloons out front and come on over. We're talking about backyard barbecues in this particular hour this morning. And we've talked a little about some of the preparatory work you need to do and some of the preparatory research you need to do. We've talked about a couple of our favorite recipes. Uh, now I kind of want to talk about, you know what, for years, and Romy knows this, at our house, for years, barbecue meant, I mean, even when we moved to that little house on Sierra Vista at Cave Creek Road, uh, it, was, it was a Weber grill. Mm-hmm. on an unprotected concrete patio slab <laughs> on the west side of the house. <laughs> and uh, we had a little window right there, and we'd turn on uh, Wonderful World of Disney and Bonanza, and I'd open the window, and the kids would all be watching Wide World of Disney, and I'd be outside barbecuing chicken. And that was our, that was our Sunday afternoon, virtually every Sunday we lived in that particular house. But it's, call, it's come so much farther to what you can do with that outdoor arena. Bruce, tell them, talk to him about some of the enhancements. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and it seems like it's just exploded. I mean, we've been talking to somebody about, you know, outdoor cabinets, which if you, yeah, told, that's right. if you told somebody that 25 years ago, they'd say, well, don't you mean you're just going to put some CMU block and some stucco on it, which we still do. It's extremely durable, but there's outdoor cabinetry now, and you've got different options, um, you know, stainless steel. Uh, Was it made out of, like, hardy board or something? Uh, so they're, what they're, a of lot those. of them are doing is a H, uh, let me see if I remember this right, HDPE, and it's a marine-grade polymer that's rated to over 200 degrees. So you can actually get a cabinet, you know, and it with all the functionality, and they come with, you know, don't want to bore people with all the, you know, stainless steel hardware and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know what I like about that is because it's in the outdoor environment, there are things you need to be concerned about as far as pests, rodents, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. I like a cabinet when I'm outside that I can literally just open everything, empty it, and, and just take the hose to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. They're great for that. And it's difficult to do with kind of the, what a lot of people probably have in their backyard. You know, you, it's what you have, um, where you open it up, and there's maybe concrete underneath it, but a lot of times there's dirt, so yeah, yeah. you can't get under there and spray. You're just going to make more of a mess. So, um, no, they're great. And then, you know, solid surface countertops, um, either a natural stone, but you're going to have to get that sealed here and there if you want to keep that looking great. So, But there's amazing products out there now that are, I'm simplifying this, but basically... A porcelain tile uh, that is, like I said, I'm simplifying it, but huge porcelain tile sheets where you can create the entire countertop of it. I love it. Grout-free, stain-free, mm-hmm. sealed. So you've got the outdoor cabinets. You've got the right countertop up, up there. And um, I, I think you could almost go crazy. Trying to just decide on the barbecue. Oh gosh, you, yeah, you you could you could you could spend days looking at barbecues. You really could. Some of the features they've got right now are the top parboiling burner that that lines up in back. You can get them. I like the ones that are lit, and uh, that is one of the things we have always 
told people, look, when we put a barbecue in for you, there's, there's two things. But most people make the mistake of saying, well, I want the barbecue on the other side of the yard. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing I try and change mm-hmm. their mind. I say, no, you don't. No. You, you want this as close to your kitchen door yep. as possible. Do not move this cooking center all the way to the other side of the swimming pool into some kind of cabana. It won't get used. No. It'll be more work than it's worth. Yeah. Just make it an indoor-outdoor flowing from your existing kitchen, and, and it'll get used every weekend. So mm-hmm. location of where that goes is absolute premier. And then take a look at some of the appliances you can load that outdoor kitchen with. Oh, gosh. There's <laughs> – yeah, I mean – got to have an ice maker. I mean, if you put nothing else outdoise appliance-wise, mm-hmm. put an ice maker. Yeah, ice makers, uh, you know, obviously refrigerators – uh, you know, beverage refrigerators specifically. Uh, I, I mean, in some some high end ones, uh, especially if there's good cover, I've there's been drawer dishwashers out there. Yeah. I mean, you can truly turn it into a kitchen. Um, and there's just the possibilities are just about endless these days. I mean, if you just search outdoor appliances, um, you know, it it's amazing what's out there. And you do want to look for something that's rated for the oh, outdoors. Amen. If you take just your, you know, if you run down to to your local appliance shop and grab something that was made to stick inside somewhere, uh, they don't do well in this heat we have out there right now. Well, and the dust, too. The dust and, you know, and the moisture when we do have it. Um, it's, you want to get an outdoor rated appliance. So you've got your choice of appliances, you've got your choice of outdoor cabinets, you've got your choice of great countertops, and one of the other counter, one of the other cabinet choices. Uh, they're awfully handsome, um, but they sometimes they take half a left arm and some of your right arm is those powder coated stainless steel caps. <laughs> yeah, they. It, it can be a really cool look. It's not. It's not as warm because it is a powder coated. Right. But if you have the right house for it, they're great. But you really have to think about your shading oh. because you know as anyone who's had a uh, that seat belt metal hit you on your lap in an Arizona summer you know how hot metal gets here will the powder coat make it easier to clean because I do like mm-hmm. stainless steel appliances inside but you got to have a special cleaner mm-hmm. and it, I mean you could look at it and it gets dirty yeah it it's a lot better with that powder coat on it so it's still a, a slightly glossy surface though so anytime you have that you you can get more smudges and stuff but it's nicer to clean if you get you know some splatter coming out of the grill that sort of thing or it's even great just to the, wipe up blowing dust yep. you know you get that first rain that isn't really a rain and it's just enough to get the windshield mm-hmm. dirty well mm-hmm. that'll do that to those stainless steel cabinets too it sounds like a, a cleaner but if it's got that I'll have to check out that powder yeah. coat. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it, it's they they're not brand new, but they're they've gotten really popular. Um, but you definitely got to think about your shade and your budget. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> it's sure. uh, you know they're nothing's uh, nothing's cheap out there, but you want it made out of one of those materials that's going to last. So you know you. And you can do a lot of cool stuff with a metal mm-hmm. shop. You know, they can do yep. all kinds of custom. You could do laser, a custom one. Yeah. You know, laser cut out a your, your favorite college football uh, you know, team sport or family name or mm-hmm. you know, you, you design it any mm-hmm. any type of you know, two dimensional, three dimensional add-ons. You could you could get creative. 
So you've got this outdoor concept, this outdoor kitchen, this outside barbecue arena, uh, coliseum that you're building. We've located it correctly. Uh, we've shopped for the right cabinet package. We've shopped for the right appliance package. Think through. And I will tell folks this all the time when we're out, when we're designing an outdoor kitchen. I'm, I'm not trying to upsell you, but the more we put out there, the more you'll use mm -hmm. it. If you'll go ahead and put a nice two-container sink out there, a wash and a prep sink. If you'll put the, the full barbecue, if you'll put the wok cooker, if you'll put the drawer refrigerator, if you'll put the ice maker, you'll get out there using it. And the more, the more you use it, the, be the, more, the better it's going to last. Mm -hmm. So you're not out there every nine months mm -hmm. knocking the cobwebs off, you know, so you can have the family over for a barbecue. And if you have neighbors over, if you have big family over, whatever you, know, you like to entertain, e even if you don't, by using it outside, actually, it'll keep the inside of your home cleaner. Uh, and the, but if you do have a big number of guests out there, you were talking about all the things you put out there. You know, one of the things I loved about the Uncle Rennie's house next to the pool is the outdoor bathroom. You know, you never have a reason to go inside. Mm -hmm. That's right. Everything is outside. And like I said, it keeps your home cleaner. It keeps everybody out there longer. And you're not back and forth, in and out. It eliminates all that. The other thing I try and talk to clients about a lot is with the new barbecues, with the double-layered insulated box that they're included in, they're actually a very good oven. As a super cooler, I never turn the electric oven on in the house. If I've got to bake something, I go outside, I start the gas grill, I can control the temperature, preheat to 350, I can go right to 350 and bake it right mm -hmm. outside and not put any of the heat inside like Roman was talking about, not use any electricity until after 7 o'clock. So I am a huge proponent of encouraging clients let's get everything out here on gas now we've got the or at least the dual options yeah so we've got the appliances pick we've got the cabinets pick the countertops are set now let's get it properly lit mm -hmm. and let's get it properly shaded <laughs> and i try and encourage people all the time you you've got you've got to consider a misting system oh yeah yeah, it's and you know we always tell people too. It you have to think misting system like at a restaurant, not the one that you bought PVC. at the box store <laughs> yeah, right. and screwed into your hose. Right. Um, we're talking a professional misting system with compressors. It makes all the difference in the world. One thousand so. psi mm -hmm. running through stainless steel tubing uh, out of a micro uh, vetted nozzle that literally atomizes the water, breaks it down and atomizes yeah. it before it sends it. And it won't, it, in, in the right environment, uh, it, it can cool, like a month ago when we were dealing with 5% humidity, it could cool an outdoor area as much as 30 degrees. So it could take you from 105 down to 75 mm -hmm. degrees. And those professional ones use a lot less water than the ones you just yes. plug up to your hose, even though what's coming out of your hose, you know, at, in, in your best case, you might get 70 PSI. It should be lower than that. Mm -hmm. uh, but these pressure pumps that pressurize it, you know, and like Rosie was saying, atomize it, it, it turns it into such a fine mist. It's not these clumps of water coming yeah. out. It's just <laughs> You're not going to get soaked. Super right. fine mist. But uh, 
depending on the size of your space you're trying to do, do it in sections or at mm-hmm. least have shutoff valves. So, you know, if, if you're just out there cooking by yourself, it's just this area. You're not doing a whole 30-foot span or the sitting area out here or, you know, whatever the case may be. You, know, you would want to be able to do that all if you have everybody out there. But zone it so you can do it piecework if you're only using certain mm-hmm. parts of your, your yeah, patio at a time. and that's true with fans and all the, you know, the, thinking about your zones and that kind of ties back around to the planning you know, of creating those zones of space. So um, it's uh, it's something to think through. It, Yeah, we, we recommend those those misting systems so much. We've talked our way through the outdoor cooking, kitchen, barbecue area. There's a few finishing touches to really finish it off. We'll talk about that right after we get back. What are those finishing touches to that outdoor space? Well, Bruce, your conversation on outdoor kitchen barbecues is getting some response. We've got several texts here. People are talking about, y'all making me hungry. I'm firing up the barbecue. <laughs> I'm, I'm going out and cleaning my kitchen. I'm going to get out there and use it. I'm getting hungry myself over here talking about it. The last couple of weeks, it could have been a little discouraging to go out there at 4 o'clock in the afternoon when it's 116 degrees and light a barbecue. <laughs> yeah, not the, not the greatest time, but... If you had it properly set up, I'm not saying that you wouldn't still feel a little warm, but you'd be out of the sun, you'd have air moving, you'd have the misting system going, and you probably would actually have gotten out there and grilled up Get those Get acclimated pretty quick. Yeah. Some, some you know, roll-down shades. Stay you know, hydrated. Some misting systems, some moving air and ceiling fans. Um, but if I'm going to put finishing touches on a client's outdoor cooking barbecue kitchen area... I'm not going to stop giving them ideas uh, because I want them to invite me over when we're done. And and when I'm out there, the thing I really like to do more than anything is watch reruns of LSU football games. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> you know, it's got to – every outdoor kitchen has to have a ginormous big screen TV. It'll keep you out there and it'll keep <laughs> people out there, you know, rather than everyone – Hiding in the living in the room when you're having that barbecue and you're out there by yourself. So, well, maybe you want to be, but um, yeah. So there's t- uh, televisions, and once again, there are outdoor rated televisions. That's right. There's some excellent ones out there. Um, there's different levels. Um, an important thing here in Arizona is how bright is it going to be. Um, so there's models for partial sun areas. So there's area uh, models for full sun areas. So you know, it's just another one of those detail things. So. Um, but yeah, getting that, getting that television and the, the wonderful thing these days with all the wireless technology is, is that, you know, a lot of times you don't have to get too crazy with all the data you have to get if out there. If the TV's big enough and you connect it to a good enough sound around sound system, you can feel like you're literally in the stadium. Oh yeah. With, with the crowd cheering behind you, beside you, in front of you. It just Rose's uh, neighbors wear earplugs during LSU games, just in case everyone was wondering. Well, uh, you know what? <laughs> I was taught uh, by a sound engineer that I had uh, I had offended the neighbors for a little while in that the speakers were at the house facing the backyard. Mm-hmm. And he said, Rosie, all we need to do is disconnect those speakers, move them out to the back wall, and point them yep. back at you, you know, your neighbors are never, ever going to complain. And I tell you what, I go out there or I go out to a new 
kitchen that we finished for a client. I plug in, I, I pick up my phone, I go to my Pandora, and I go to my Esteban channel. I hit that. And, I mean, you, you have the misting system on. You've got the ceiling fan on. You've got the barbecue tri-tip started that you can smell. You've got your favorite watching event on. And then you've got Esteban serenading you with his guitar in your own backyard. <laughs> now, you know what? If that doesn't pull you out of your house and get you in your backyard, I don't know what would. And just like the misting system, you know, you can really zone your music depending on the size of your yard and where your features are. Your sitting area, pool area, putting area, whatever area. You know, each one of those areas you can have uh, nice outdoor speakers that you know, can be designed right into the landscape. They've got really good... Uh, ones that look like rocks, yep. uh, different uh, elements of the hardscape. And so you can keep it at, you know, let's say, on a level of 1 to 10. Mm -hmm. You could keep it on a level 5 and hear it consistently all throughout. Instead of, you know, having two speakers over here, you got to turn up to 10 so you can hear it on the other yeah. side of the... When you're standing next to it, you can't hear anything other than it. So. Right, but yeah. then you got to... But you're trying to get it to the back or this mm -hmm. other area you're trying to project it. Well, you don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, you can zone it and have it at a, at a more controllable level. And a lot of the zones, you could have different music. So the pool setting could be playing mm -hmm. something. The grilling area if, where the big screen is could be playing the TV. You know, the sitting area over here with the fireplace could have the old uh you know brass band music going on <laughs> yeah with the you know with the proper audio equipment you can you can really uh, go wild out there and everyone loves music in the backyard so uh, yeah i've i've gotten i'm i'm in the mood right now i'm going to i'm going to hit Safeway on the way home i'm going to get me some vegetables i'm going to be barbecuing me up, <laughs> uh, some nice in husk corn on the cob oh yeah you know i'm i'm a, i'm a, i'm going to do myself a little barbecue this afternoon that's for sure Folks, we're broadcasting live from Rosie's house today. We'll be here uh, till after lunch. But we'd love for you. We've got a good crowd here coming in this morning, kind of checking us out. What, what kind of house does Rosie build to show off? We've got a design studio on Shea Boulevard. It's 6949. It's been months in the making, and we've just opened it for the first time an hour ago. And it's open to the public. And we had sent invitations out to the public through our newsletters. Bruce, you sent invitations out to all the Rosie Wright customers. We've got a good, nice, strong showing of our SVPs. But don't stop that from having you get in the car and come on over here and introduce yourself to us and all the other friends of Rosie Wright Design Bill Remodeling. We'll be back right after this for another two hours of home improvement, home maintenance, and home remodeling.